Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my wonderful guest for today is Freddie Zental Weaver. Freddie has assisted thousands of men create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their lives and relationships. He's featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. He's also the best-selling author of Sexual Enlightenment, endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith, and the co-founder of Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. Freddie has coached billionaires, innovators, and power couples all over the world, shared his secrets of the new man at a global Young Presidents Organization conference in the city of Love, Paris, and has toured his one-man show called Sexual Enlightenment across the United States. Welcome, Freddie. Hi, Emmy. Great to be here. So it's a blessing to have you with us, and I'm super excited to be learning from you today, Freddie. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? Well, Emmy, in our work, we're really sharing with people how to tap into the masculine and feminine energy as it exists in our way of being in the world. And for feminine power, which is really just rediscovering its power, and if we talk of it in a sexual sense, for women for uh, millennia, women have been, you know, uh, vilified for their sexual uh, capacities. Um, and women are just coming into uh, an aliveness of that energy. So women are really tapping into their power. And for men to really learn to integrate their feminine aspect of their nature, to bring more forth the nurturing and listening and coherence. And so, you know, that's really what that feminine power means in the world and for women coming into their power, to me. Mm, I like that. And I like the word that you use there, coherence. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit more? What do you mean by men coming into coherence in relation to sacred feminine power? Yes. So for many men, the aspect of the uh, sexual energetic self we've been led by, you know, so the erection comes and the man feels there's nothing he can do but have sex. Uh, and that's all limbically wired to procreate the species. And that's great. So now at this stage in our development, we can, as men, learn to transmute that energy, to be in coherence with that energy as it exists in our heart energy. Uh, and that really allows the man to really connect more efficiently and effectively and deeply with the woman uh, and the feminine nature in themselves in terms of nurturing, listening, being present and seeing themselves in each other. Um, so that's the coherence of that energetic self is what I'm talking about. Mm, I like that. Now, Freddie, could you perhaps share a challenge that you have faced in your life that's really helped you to understand and work towards the state of resonance within you and then also to activate the sacred feminine power aspect on your life's path? Sure, Emmy. Um, Okay, so I have been married to Elsbeth. We've been together for 20 years. We are co-founders of the Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. We work together, teach together. We also teach, uh, you know, all men. I teach all men's classes. She teaches all women's classes. And um, so in our journey together, there have been times in the 20 years together when I have wanted to uh, venture outside of the uh, 
sexual realm of our relationship. And Elsbit was willing to allow that. And we worked out how that would look and how that would work. And then there have been a lot of times in where we've been monogamous and we've worked out how that looks. And more recently, in the last couple of years, she has wanted to venture outside sexually in our relationship. And as the man, you know, my immediate knee-jerk reaction was jealousy and anger and resentment and disappointment. And as I sat with that and, and started to move that energy, I started to really come into a coherence with the supportive aspect of the nature of our relationship and really for my own personal growth to really get past my ego to learn to support and allow Elsbeth to be more of who she wants to be, as she has done for me. Uh, and so for me, that was a, a, a real example of really integrating the feminine nature of this masculine proclivity to want to either men are either fucking or fighting. That's kind of like the <laughs> go to uh, emotion for men. So to really start to broaden that uh, that that emotional expanse and really be more nurturing and listening and be there for the other uh, and also personally growing. So that was a real opportunity for me to integrate that that uh, integration. Mm. Wow. Um, how would you say that's helped you in your relationship then to to allow for that that um, expansion? Well, I mean, clearly for Elspeth, she feels and she has expressed to me felt and feels supported, uh, loved uh, and held and not to some standard by another, but really felt listened to. And that, you know, can obviously have a lot of effects in terms of how we've continued to be in love and uh, support each other. Mm, beautiful. And you, you've already started to expand on this, but I'd love to hear a little bit more in terms of the, the hidden blessing in that challenge um, and you really working through the emotions that this uh, situation brought up for you. How is it serving you now in the work that you're doing? Yeah, in the work that we do, really the big, the really big get for anyone and it's ongoing is that I have choice in my emotional uh, expression uh, and feeling uh, and not being in so much reaction to what's going on externally. Initially, yes, there's uh, there is a reaction and then how quickly I can come to a choice about how I want to feel and how I want to express myself becomes uh, shorter and shorter in the practice. So in having the knee-jerk reaction in the example with Elspeth and our relationship, of jealousy and resentment and anger and blah, 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 to supporting and seeing that this is what she wanted and how do I support that and get past my own knee-jerk reaction is um, systemic. So that has assisted me to continue what I know is true, which is to keep looking at how do I want to create my feeling? How do I want to create a situation? How do I want to create my experience of a situation? What is it I'm moving towards creating in the situation and so on. So that is just continued to expand. So that's how that situation has continued to really deeply uh, validate um, how I can source my life and be a choice in my life, not feel subjected to uh, my life or my situation or any of it. Mm. 
And how is this that you're now explaining related to the concept of the new man that I also mentioned when I introduced you at the beginning of this conversation? Yeah. Well, the new man, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, most of our emotional breath is either we're uh, having sex, it's either fucking or fighting. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and that's, you know, a couple of things. One, you know, we are socialized as men to hold it together, be tough, be strong, don't show your feelings, um, and just keep, you know, um, forging forward. And that has served us, you know, at one point. And so now when you don't even have to go outside to get groceries, much less, you know, uh, you know, grow vegetables or do any of that, we can start to look at our internal, you know, growth and how can we start to listen more deeply. So for men in this practice of Tantra and learning for men, to uh, work consciously with our life force or sexual energy is one of the key pieces to opening and expanding that emotional breath uh, beyond either fucking or fighting, but where we can actually start to open our hearts and listen and be more present to what we're wanting to create more of and to this universal connection that's all that we're all a part of. Mm, okay, beautiful. And how does this then play out in in relationships what what does it mean to be in a relationship with a new man Mm. well you know i had this idea of you know as relationships continue to expand that we have relationships by agreement or by contract for a certain period of time where you have a relationship that looks one way by agreement by both of you for a period of time and then you renegotiate how the relationship looks from there forward or do you want to end the relationship as opposed to till death do us part and then people stay in relationship until they can't take it anymore and then they just divorce and break it up and usually it's one or two things in that relationship that break it up Um, because there's probably if you did a t-bar on the left you had all the things that you liked and on the right you had the things that you didn't like and there'd probably be 50 things that worked about the relationship and one or two that didn't so For the new man in relationship, and this goes for women as well, in terms of being able to manage what um, is a disconnect or where we have a request about how we would like a situation to be as opposed to fight or flight, you know, um, or uh, we can actually choose how we want to create the relationship. So for the new man to have a a wider breadth of the emotional knee jerk that happens in, in, in emotion, being able to have a more uh, um, uh, available uh, capacity to be with a variety of emotion and also come back to the heart and be able to, uh, you know, continue learning in relationship. Because I believe that one of the things relationship is really there for us to learn is how we can see ourselves in each other and allow the other to be fully who they are. And that does require capacity to be introspective uh, and to be witness, witness to all the things that we are in terms of our emotional selves, our physical selves, our old experiences, our stories, and then what really connects us to this elegant design of this universal ad infinitum that goes on forever and ever and ever, which is hard to even imagine, is our imagination and our capacity to visualize and imagine something that's never been before. And that requires, though, because we are in these physical carbon unit forms with all these neurosynaptic, you know, memories and so on, to be able to witness all of that. 
it's not to suppress it because anger and upset and emotion is part of this human experience. Yet again, we are this consciousness and to tap into that consciousness requires some tools and practice. And that's where the tantric work comes in and has been so valuable for me and, and thousands of couples and individuals that we've worked with all over the world. Mm, beautiful. Now, now you've been on this uh, tantric path for a long time. I, I think it was mm -hmm. about 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. Longer than that, actually. I was first introduced okay. to these practices when I was 13 years old. I was living in Hawaii and, and I was going through my puberty had lots of sexual energy. My father was a psychiatrist and I was spending a lot of time in the shower. <laughs> so he, actually, he, he took, took pity on me, probably thought I was gonna hurt myself in there and gave me a book to read on how to integrate meditation and sex practices. So I started, I was introduced to, you know, some of the ritual practices of moving our sex, moving life force or sexual energy uh, into the heart and further and on uh, at a very early age. So that was since I was 13. I'm 64 now. So, Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing because there are not, I, I would say there are not a lot of men out there who have started learning about this at such an early age. Right, right, right. And, you know, I went through all the usual unconsciousness. And for me, it still re requires a continued cultivation and practice to not fall prey to this form that we are all in and this story making that we all do and this mind that we all are. You know, it requires continued cultivation and, and nurturing and vigilance. Through the, It's just like yoga. You know, you do yoga once and you go, oh, okay, I did that. I don't have to do that anymore. Well, to get the benefits of it, you have to do it. You know? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Because you're in this physical body that's going to do what it does, you know, so. That's right. Yeah. What would you, what would your advice be to somebody who is completely new to Tantra, completely new to this introspect, I can't even say that word right now, but this sense of awareness, starting to understand mm -hmm. a bit more about themselves, this reflection, self-reflection, I think is the word I'm looking for. What would mm -hmm. be your advice to somebody, a, a young man or an older man who's curious, but doesn't quite know how to start and where to start? Mm, yeah. Uh, so there are so many approaches to developing this witness, this capacity to be in the witness of our story making and our conversations and our ego and our righteous indignation of uh, position about things. Uh, you know, there's therapy, there's nature walks, there's meditation. One of the things that's unique about Tantra is working and learning to work consciously with our life force or sexual energy to further deepen this seeing that we don't often see in our unconscious aspect of our energetic, emotional, and story self that, you know, we can't often get to. Because what's unique about the sexual piece is whether you're doing consciousness work or not, when we're in that energy, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive, chemically we're changed, oxytocin's released, endorphins, serotonin, the feel-good hormones. So coupled with the the distinctions of breath awareness, um, the witness state of mind, which is where we're watching the thoughts and the stories and the emotional energetic self with intention, we can get more deeply unmasked and available to that that we don't see about, you know, what's in the way of creating more happiness and joy and moving with grace, ease and flow towards what we say we most deeply desire. So 
for the young man or the young person or the old person or the anybody who is seeking uh, to continue to develop the witness. And the witness, you may say, well, what really is the witness? So I can share a little practice here with you now that would give sure. listening uh, audiences a, a sense of this. So, okay, so this is just a simple breath practice and it's parasympathetic breathing. So you want to sit up on, you know, on top of your sit bones as erect as comfortable you can be, or if you're laying down, just get in a neutral, comfortable position. Great. Eyes can be opened, closed, or soft focus, where you're just with uh, looking out of a slit of your eyes, not paying much attention or energetic focus on anything that shows up in front of your eyes. And then bring your awareness to your breath. You're breathing through your nose, trachea, lungs, maybe put a hand on your belly so you feel as you inhale your whole lower abdomen and the back full, fill up with air. Beautiful. And then follow with your awareness and focus your breath back up through your nose and your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Continue breathing that way. And I'll keep talking. We'll not do this too long. Following your breath into your nose, trachea, lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Following with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting your thoughts come, letting your thoughts go. Feeling the rise of your belly on your inhalation. Flattening of your belly on your exhalation. You are your own witness, observer to any thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning. For now, just breathing and being. Beautiful. Now slowly bringing your awareness back into the space. And just checking in with yourself, how do you feel? Beautiful. Now that practice was just for not even a minute, maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds. I don't know how long we went there, Emmy. But as you continue to do this practice for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, we have longer and longer periods of time where we are just watching the thoughts, the narrative, without what I call the total felt sense of those thoughts. You know, it's rainy, and then you start to believe that it's a lousy day because the rain's falling. Now, chemically, maybe you aren't producing as much vitamin D as normal, but and so in the witness of all that, you're just watching all that because what you would like to create, perhaps, is joy. So when you start visualizing joy and dropping into the feeling of joy beyond the narrative that it's a lousy day, you start feeling and being joy. And that's how we transmute and change our experience and choose our life and choose our experience. And that's what I suggest for anybody on the path of transformation to continue to cultivate and evolve towards more of that listening and they will have a happier life. Mm. Yeah, it is amazing how powerful the breath is and within, as you say, just half a minute or so, you can feel so much lighter and happier and so much more clear. Yeah, and the parasympathetic breath is really essential in this because we often, we breathe all the time sympathetically in our upper chest and lungs. We don't think about it. To breathe parasympathetically, we have to actually think to bring the breath down into the diaphragm and filling up those lower lungs. 
So that gives a couple of things. One, it gives our mind a break from the story, the narrative, the conversation about, you know, whatever we're angsting about, the, the weather as an example, you know, or, or what she said or what he said or whatever. So that gives us a little break. And then it, uh, it, chemically, we actually produce more endorphins and serotonin and oxytocin. Again, the feel-good hormones. So we're putting our body in a chemical state of ease much, much more receptive now to what we would suggest, which is what we want to create. That it's a, it's really a beautiful day. The rain is watering the plants. It's a beautiful day, you know, as an example. Go on. The parasympathetic breathing. So people really get that distinction as opposed to just the normal sympathetic breathing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Now, Freddie, could you tell us a little bit more about Tantra Nova? What is Tantra Nova all about? Sure. Okay, so Tantra is an age-old practice of working with life force or sexual energy uh, in the Chinese Tao approach to, you know, heal organs and be physically healthy and, and connected. In the Eastern approach to be more spiritually connected in a spiritual realm. And, and in both aspects, there is dogma. Tantra Nova is Tantra Nu. So we've taken the yoga of the East of Tantra, which was one of the original yogas of the energetic body, and we've blended it with aspects of what the Western world uses as approaches to transformation, seeing something about how we're living our life uh, in terms of generative language, how we create our reality and language, how we um, discover ourselves in the creative process in music and movement and art. And we blended that with working with the tantric practice of learning how to cultivate sexual energy as a doorway to listening and seeing something about ourselves that we otherwise wouldn't see. Again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, that when we're in our sexual energy, it's divine, it's unique. It was it was creating life before we had language and the kernel the aspects, the essential piece of that energy is it's creative, it creates life, and it's pleasurable when we're in it. Now, when you bring consciousness to the sexual in the distinctions as we teach, the breath, the, uh, you know, the um, witness state of mind, um, energetic awareness, aligned with intention, what starts to show up in areas of life, areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex, are creativity and pleasure. There is a systemic intelligence encapsulated in bringing consciousness to the sexual that show up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Go on. You were saying no, no, there was no. an example just, you wanted to give us? Yeah, just as an example, like when you start listening at that level with that kind of intimate um, vulnerability that happens in the sexual, when you start bringing some of your deepest desires and some of your deepest fears and angst, anxieties and upsets and so on in that vulnerability, when I'm at work, I wouldn't say, oh, I hate my job, 30 more years of retirement, because that dog just doesn't hunt anymore because of the feeling it elicits when I say that. Just as a simple example of how this starts to become a pervasive way of living and being, it, it's Tantra people often say, oh, God, sexy yoga. You know, I want to have better orgasms and more sex. And when you really start getting into Tantra, it's only about 10 percent. Sex is only about 10 percent of the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And um, if, if our listeners uh, wanted to work with you, Freddie, or with Elspeth, or both of you, and find out more about Tantra Nova, where would they go to find this information? 
Great. TantraNova.com. T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com. TantraNova.com. And there we have a list of all of our upcoming workshops, and we're doing a lot of workshops online, live performance or uh, um, events, and so on. Uh, and I do have a gift for your audience, listening audience today, too. Beautiful. Could you describe about that a bit more? Yeah, it's called Creating Intimacy and Love. It's a PDF download, which will be on your link when you send this out. And it's 10 Essential Tantric Intimacy Practices to Create Fulfilling Love and Intimacy in their lives and their relationships. And uh, it's my gift to you and your audience, listening audience. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that gift. I'm looking forward to reading it myself. And yeah, yeah. It, new through that. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just, yeah, they're quickies and they're just great ways to remind us of what we, because this work is really not teaching anything new. It's just remembering what we've forgotten. Well, thank you, Freddie. Thank you for all the wisdom and the information you've shared with us today. I really appreciate your presence and the fact that you've shared so vulnerably with us today. Now, everybody, for a moment, let's just put our attention and our intention on this beautiful, bubbly energy that's been created during this interview. And imagine sending this energy to everybody, everywhere on our planet, remembering that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power become more of that witness that Freddie has been talking about, the more quickly our planet will also ascend. Thank you so much for listening.